Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of The Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. How are you guys doing out there today? Love you so much. We're going to talk about Jesus today. Welcome to the show. I've missed you guys. As I said yesterday, I went on a little trip with my family and we went to the Smoky Mountains. It's fantastic. We went on a trail. It was great. Met Dolly Parton. No, we didn't, but I wish we would have. I was looking for her. She was nowhere to be found. Anyway, we had such a, such a good time and celebrated my parents' 40th wedding anniversary. 40 years, y'all. We need to talk, get them on the show so they can tell you how they did it because they tell me all the time. But um, amazing, amazing, a little break. Welcome uh, today. You know, I have a show that's kind of personal for me. I'm actually going to talk about something that I've um, just been dealing with myself. Uh, this this show is for you today. Um, that God has asked you to do something, but it's there's a huge risk involved. Um, th- this This show hopefully will resonate with you. Um, because man, God has been using this passage of scripture in my heart for a long time. Um, you who are contemplating obedience, you, it's so interesting how sometimes in our life, in our spiritual walks, there will be a tiny nudge sometimes from the Holy Spirit that says, listen, walk in this direction, call this person, attend this event, do this thing. And we so quickly will, um, you know, disregard it and sometimes even disrespect it to a point where we, we think that we are the ones that are putting these thoughts in our mind. I can't tell you how many people I talk to that say, Hey, listen, how can I decipher when God is talking to me? And when I, when it's actually my thoughts in my own head, um, I want to talk to you today. You feel like God is nudging you in a direction. You know, it's not you because it's uncomfortable for you. You know, it's not you because you would never of your own volition do what God is asking of you. But that's where faith gets involved. I um, was really drawn to this passage of scripture a couple of weeks ago. I'd gotten um, an opportunity to speak with um, a media outlet, which probably by the time this will air, it will be public. Um, But I I had an opportunity to talk to a media outlet and um, discuss something that has been very near and dear to my heart for 16 years, which is the way churches handle victims of domestic violence, sexual violence, and the rest. You know, I've been fighting this thing. Me Too Church Too just came out. Um, You know, we we just have seen it come out into light in the last year or so, but it's interesting that In 2017, those of you that remember, um, I, with Lifeway, um, I commissioned a study with Lifeway, polling a thousand pastors about how they handled domestic violence and the church, in the church, in their churches. Um, We polled them in the fall of 2016, but we released the study um, in, uh, in February of 2017. 
And the results were staggering. Uh, they did not surprise me much, but um, but they have surprised lots of people. And the results were uh, 98% of pastors believe their churches to be a safe haven for domestic violence victims, which is which tells us, you know, that pastors love their people. Um, most of them, 97% of them at least. <laughs> so I was really blessed to see that. We have, uh, our hearts have, have great pastors. They want, they have the idea that their churches are safe for victims of domestic violence. But only 52% of pastors had an effective plan in place if a victim was to come forward. Only 52% of people, pastors would know what to do. Um, and then the next statistic has rung in my heart for, you know, two years. Only 30% of pastors polled, and a thousand were polled, had reported someone coming forward a victim of domestic violence in the past three years. I'm going to let that sink in. Only 30% of pastors had reported anyone coming forward with the issue of domestic violence. They were being abused in their home in the past three years. And I know I'm throwing a lot of statistics out you, but they're important. When you look at the national statistics, one in four women suffer from domestic violence. And one in seven men suffer from the domestic violence. It's staggering to think that in three years, only 30% of pastors polled had heard of one case. Which tells me this. Our churches are not as safe as we perceive them to be. 16 years ago, um, I was kicked out of my church because I filed for divorce because of domestic violence. I was in um, a marriage. I didn't even know what domestic violence was. I didn't know it was a thing. I mean, I'm 20 years old. I, I don't know. My, my dad was treating my mom like a queen. So when I found myself in a situation where I was being mistreated, I didn't know the term abuse. I didn't know what it was. I didn't, I didn't, know, I didn't know there was even a term for it. We certainly were not talking about it. And I remember sitting in that that marriage um, and relationship for a total of just about seven years. And it was unbelievable, you know, just the, the brainwashing that takes place. It's interesting when people look at women in um, abusive marriages and relationships and think, oh, well, why can't they just leave? Well, uh, clearly those people are judgmental and they have no idea what actually happens in a relationship that you are virtually brainwashed. I remember sitting in front of a deacon board and the deacon's looking at me and telling me things like, if you do this, God will never use you. You have to take back your divorce. You have to stay with this man who was mistreating me. And they knew very good and well that he was. I remember them pulling out passages of scripture and judge, you know, using them incorrectly, I might add, against me. I remember sitting there and my spirit, even though these men had raised me, these, my spirit did not agree with what they were saying. And they represented, they were supposed to represent God as leaders in the church. 
Now, I want to make this statement and say this is not all leaders. My husband has been a pastor for years. My dad has been a pastor for years. My brother is a pastor. All, all of which would be a haven for any victim of domestic violence. This is not all. This is, this is um, some, not all. We don't want to throw out the good with um, the ones that aren't doing it well. I love pastors. You guys know that I say that all the time. But this is a very real issue, a very real issue that we must confront. And I know that God asked me to do it when I did leave my husband for fear of domestic violence, of, of, of what could happen. And I know he put a mission in my heart to speak out, to stand up, to do something about the other autumns that were suffering silently that will you'll never know their names you'll never know um, their faces but even as I'm speaking right now and as you're hearing this they're being abused by their mates or by their boyfriends or whatever I felt like it was my mission to bring awareness to this so that's why I did the study in 2016 it came out in 2017 And um, there has been a lot of activity about this particular thing um, talked about very recently amongst several different events that have happened um, in the news. Uh, I want to draw your attention to this passage of scripture. It's in Esther. And this has encouraged me when I felt pushback. This has encouraged me um, a lot. Um, but this is, this is what happens. You know, Esther, Esther, um, was chosen as queen. She married Xerxes. You can read this all for yourself in Esther, but she was actually adopted by her uncle Mordecai. Okay. She was an orphan. She was adopted by her, by her, um, uncle. She was a Jew. Mordecai was a Jew. Haman, who was the evil guy, um, was plotting to kill all the Jews. And here the king, King Xerxes, just married Esther, who was a Jew. He didn't know she was a Jew, but she was a Jew. And Mordecai, you know, the great uncle Mordecai, uh, the uncle that we all need in our life, or actually, I guess he would be the role of father in her life, um, spoke up and, and he challenged her. And I'm going to read this passage of scripture for you. It says, uh, I'm going to pick it up in Esther 4, uh, verse 7. Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the exact amount of money that Haman had promised to pay the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. He gave him a copy of the text of the edict, which had been issued in Susa. Stay with me for their destruction, that he might show Esther to inform her and to order her to go in to the king and implore his favor and to plead with him for her people, the Jews. Hathak came back and related to Mordecai words, Mordecai's words to Esther. Then Esther spoke to Hathak and ordered him to reply to Mordecai. And this is what she said. All the king's servants and all the people of the king's provinces know that for any man or woman who comes to the king in the inner court who is not summoned, he 
has but one law that he will be put to death unless the king holds out to him the scepter so that he may live. And I have not been summoned to come to the king for these 30 days. She hasn't even been asked to see her husband in 30 days. And they related Esther's words to Mordecai. And this was her response. All the Jewish people were at stake. They were suffering under Haman's control. They were suffering. And they needed someone to step in. Mordecai told them to reply to Esther. And this has got me. Do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. And you and your father's house will perish. I want to hang on to that there just for a second. Now here, um, Esther is faced with a choice. A choice in a position that would be very difficult for anyone. If the king doesn't hold out his scepter to Esther, she is immediately killed. But if she doesn't speak up for her own people, she'll also be killed. She's got this choice, the impossible choice to make. And Mordecai's response to her have, has, has, has just bellowed and beckoned and replayed in my head for a long time. If you remain silent, relief and deliverance will come from another place. Esther had a choice to be used in the greater story of God's plan for the Jewish people. Mordecai is saying, listen, if you don't choose to help, God will raise someone else up. What faith? What faith? But also what conviction? If you don't choose to say something, God's going to give your purpose to somebody else. I don't know about you. Um, <clears throat> that thought of giving away a purpose that God has specifically designed for me, for my time on this planet, uh, to forgo that for fear, to forgo that because it's hard, to forgo that even when risk is involved, is like, terrifying to me. So those words have stuck in my head. If you don't, God will raise someone else up. God is so faithful. He wants to use us, but we have to choose to be used. He wants us to choose faith, but we have to choose to be faithful to what he is asking of us. He puts us in position of use, but we can very much say, no, Esther could have said no. That was an option for her. She could have said no. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to be the queen. But she chose to step into it. I, um, I wonder those of you today that are out there that are um, you're right at the cusp. You're right in a moment. 
you know God is asking you to speak out or do something or act or move. You're right at that cusp. And God has positioned you perfectly, beautifully, divinely for this moment right now. Let me be your Mordecai today. Let me, let me read you his words today. Don't imagine that you and the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews for. If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from, for another place. If you remain silent, don't give away your perfectly positioned timing for fear. Don't do it. I ask you not to do it. God is saying, step into it. My other thing is, uh, my other thought has, has been, what if Esther would have said no? There certainly would not have been a book in the Bible entitled Esther. She would have been a casualty of fear and fallen into and on the wayside of an insignificant part of humanity when she could have stepped into something so significant. I wonder how many of us have been casualties of fear because we've been given the moment, we've been given the opportunity, we've been perfectly positioned, and we have said no. How many of our purposes and God in his grace, he doesn't even reveal what we lose when we don't step into faith. God in his mercy, he's not mean. So he doesn't reveal what we miss when we don't step out in faith. But let that challenge you today. There would have never been a book entitled Esther. The Jews would not have been saved this way. They could have, they could have, they could have um, before someone else carried this banner of saving the Jews, many of them could have been hanged at the hands of Haman. You don't know. But she said, yes. I want you to obey God, even though it terrifies you. I want you to obey God, even though the ask seems daunting and the fear is great and the risk is great. And what could happen keeps you up at night. I want you to say yes anyway. Because you are created as a tool that God has literally crafted for his purposes to use. And I don't want you to forego something that could be great simply because you fear. You know, this thing about domestic violence in the church, and I know very well that some of you guys are not going to agree with what I'm saying, but I'm, stay, I, I'm saying it anyway. Domestic violence in the church, it is, it is um, domestic violence is one of those things that has been protected in the church. It has um, not been handled well in some churches. Some churches handle it excellently. They are a haven. They do have a plan. Domestic violence 
has no place in the church. The church is actually the answer because we represent the body of Christ. And we are supposed to be worshipers of Christ. And we are supposed to lead people to Christ. The church can be such an incredible asset in this issue. But in some areas, we've not done a good job. And this is one of the things that God has asked me to do. And I've done it. It's been hard. Face pushback. But you know what? Awareness is happening. Because someone, many of us, not just me, many of us have chosen to speak up and to speak out. I want to ask you, what is he asking you? What's he asking you to do? It's going to play on every insecurity that you have. It's probably going to be threatening to your current comfort. But what is he asking of you? Don't disregard it. Don't second guess it. Don't minimalize it. Because on the other side of your obedience, lives could be changed. Lives could be saved. Hope could be renewed. And you actually can be a very tangible voice in changing the world. I don't know about you. I do not want to give my purposes to anyone else. Let's take a nod from Mordecai. Okay, Mordecai, I hear you. I love that he said that. And she and um, Esther immediately uh, convicted her too. And she immediately started fasting and praying and went before the king. And guess what? The king did hand out or, or lay down or whatever he did, his golden scepter. And she was accepted and she did save the Jews amazing and then Haman was hanged on the very galleys galleys gallows whatever it is that um, he made for the Jews to be hanged on man we have a voice we have one life speak out speak up um, I have a couple minutes left uh, today I, I just want to pray for you guys I this is this is very personal for me like I said I know you're not all going to agree with it but that's okay because it's not a mile show, so I can basically say whatever I want. <laughs> just kidding. Love you. Let me just pray for you guys that are contemplating um, risk. So, Lord, we just we praise you today. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that you choose to use us and, and not use us, but work. Through our mouths, through our minds, through our hands, through our feet, you have chosen us to be your vessel to change things, to nullify the things that are according to 1 Corinthians. You have chosen us. So, Lord, I pray for that person right now that's sitting in their car that's driving. I pray, Lord, that there would be a courage that swells in them. I pray that you would remind them who you are and to step into what you've asked. God, I pray that you would remind them what, 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 how big of a God 
that you are and that we serve. I pray that as they're sitting there, maybe even weeping, Lord, I pray that you would tell them, just like you told Joshua, listen, be strong and courageous. Don't tremble or be dismayed, for I am with you wherever you go. Lord, I pray that even this show would bless, encourage, strengthen the leaders that are speaking out, the leaders that are saying the hard thing, the leaders that are risking for your name. I pray, Lord, that this would encourage them. Lord, we humbly thank you for the change that we are seeing. We praise you for what you are doing amongst us. We thank you that you don't leave us the same. You don't let us get too comfortable in our tradition or in our religion or in our ways. You come to set the captives free. And sometimes those things can hold us captive. God, I pray that you would move mightily amongst all of the listeners. I pray that you would encourage them. Tell them how much they're created for your purposes. Tell them that's why they were created. We love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening today. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.